Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hello and welcome to Brooke and Linda's Dream Club. Each week we take you on a walking tour around the landmarks of the most important moments in culture. And this week we're going to talk to you about Fashion Week. It's for all of us now. We're also going to talk to you about the new TV show, The Underground Railroad. And hey, I just wanted to give you all a little bit of a shout out and send some love right back to you because you sent me plenty this week Mm. sharing this lovely um, reconciliation story that we spoke about. It got more than 170 shares, Lindy. People care. That was just me. That, that was, was just me that was sharing you and both over of our and moms. over again. I can count to 100 and then my mum, Janet, did the <laughs> other 70. Yeah. And if Leonie Boney had Instagram, she would have shared She would have done it as well. 100%. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, let's get into it. Dream Club. So this week is a fashionable week. It kicks off Afterpay <laughs> Australian Fashion Week, which is the first fashion week in the world since COVID. So the last fashion week that was happening was about midway through February 2020 in Milan. It basically got shut down halfway through. This week in Australia, in Sydney, about 36 runway shows will be going down and they will be going down in person, and there's a few firsts for this week's Australian Fashion Week. There are not one, but two Indigenous runway shows. For the first time, there's also a Welcome to Country, and for the first (laughs) time, you can stream all of the shows online, and to some of those shows, you can even buy a ticket if you are not one of the fashionable elite that receives an invitation in your mail. That's right, you just a normal person going about your day could now be sitting front row. No, actually, you wouldn't be sitting front row. You'd, nah, be, you'd, you'd we, be right at the we back. We would be but somewhere, but us, commoners, commoners. allowed into fashion yeah. week. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a commoner. What would you I'd call, call yourself? I'd call you a commoner. I am. <laughs> I'd call myself a little gem pop. Um, but seriously, though, it's a pretty incredible initiative. So they've opened it up. You can buy a pass, what is it, for $120? Tickets start at $120 to and some of the shows. To some, some of, of the, the labels shows. opt in for it. Some shows say, no, 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 not for me. I want it just exclusive. Which is, you know, I guess their decision. But there's been plenty of uproar as well by people who are, well, from people who are part of the fashion set. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because they've been saying, you know, this is a thing that's exclusive. This is a thing for us, you know, nothing publicly, but these are what the murmurs on the street are that are being reported. I I think I love it that everyone can go because imagine if you were just like a fashion student or someone exactly. who really loved design or you, you love sitting down and watching people walk back and forth. That's your thing. Do you that's want me to hobby. do it? I'm, uh, I'm walking away. I'm walking back to you. Oh, that's, oh, I love it. I Fulfilling, feel like, right? Yeah. Inspiring? I feel inspired. I feel uh, just happy. <laughs> <laughs> just happy to be here. No. So happy to be here. So I think it's wonderful that you don't have to be part of this sort of elite group of people to be able to go and see things that you're passionate about. I think the choice is nice if if you can afford it. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, there was a few reasons behind it. One of the reasons is a, a really boring logistical reason, but it is because, you know, COVID has, has really had an effect on 
basically every industry and the arts industry is a massive one that's taken a blow. And, you know, a lot of these designers have to face the fact that shows are really effing expensive and not just with sponsors and investors getting on board, but for them they can kind of offset the costs of some of that by offering tickets to the events. And they also want their shows to be accessible. So while they're providing this authentic as possible experience with live streams and people looking at social media and uploading an entire show to Instagram TV, if they're like, well, we're we're providing this window into our shows already, why not just let people that really want to be there just be there? So, like, I'm really happy that we have, like, Indigenous runway shows this year and that there was a welcome to country. All of those things are very, very important. Mm. But... It's 2021. What the heck has been going on for the last 30 years that these sorts of shows have been happening? How have we not recognised the talent of First Nations people or like non-white people generally or like people who are different (laughs) sizes up until this point? And you know what? I would argue that if people were more progressive back when social media started, back when the internet first came out and were more inclusive of different communities, that maybe there would be um, less need for there to be influencers and general public there at these shows now. Hot take. What do you reckon? Um, I mean, I agree. I I don't want to throw major shade here, but... I think that it is startling that it is 2021 and we're saying there's not one but two Indigenous runway shows. Mm. Like, it's it's wonderful and it's a celebration, but it does feel quite absurd that it has taken us that long to get to just that point. But these these shows are important, right, because it shapes how we think of ourselves. Do you know what? A trickle-down effect is incredible. Yeah, it tells us what's beautiful. And so if up until now we haven't included these sorts of images of people, then what's been beautiful in the past? Skinny blonde girls. Hey, that's man, I'd, I'd say that's still pretty up there. I know, but this is why, like, when we're growing up and we are not, like, cool, tall, blonde, surfy gals, like, yeah. we feel othered. You know, Do you know I remember when these I... contributes um, to our reality. When I was, like, a really young teenager and you'd go on chat rooms and stuff, I remember I used to lie you know when you would you were catfishing. I was people. catfishing people, and tell I, me what did you say? I would call myself. Like, let me um, do the ICQ sound. Oh, <laughs> I would call myself Surfer Girl. You know, 69. Surfer Girl sixty nine. And if anyone asked, you know, what school do you go to? What do you look like? I would always say, I'm. You know, I'm tall. I've got long blonde hair. I'm tanned. I'm a surfer. And so that must mean inherently that you thought that would be more attractive than yep. being. A beautiful little Italian meatball. Yeah, and I remember one time someone going, oh, she's so exotic. And I was like, shut up. No, I'm not. I'm a surfer. I'm plain. I'm plain. <laughs> Look at my shell necklace and my Oakleys. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you love your Oakleys. I do. And I um, also did have a shell necklace when so, I was in high school. So did I. <laughs> yeah. I had a bracelet too. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Brooke Barney. Linda Mariano. Bringing you the Dream Club. So, Lindy, um, I wanted to talk to you about this um, TV show that's just started on Amazon Prime Video. It's incredible. It's called The Underground Railroad. It's based on a book by the same name. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning book by a guy called Colson Whitehead. And it tells the story of a woman who escapes slavery from the deep south of the the United States and tries to get north um, to, like, liberation and, and some sort of freedom. There is nothing here but suffering. 
It's an incredible show and it's not a surprise because the guy behind it is Barry Jenkins and he is responsible for the Academy Award winning film Moonlight, not La La Land. <laughs> not to be confused with La La Land. Don't tempt um, me. And it is such a wonderful and compelling and dark part of US history. I know that you watched it yeah, as well. Yeah. What did what did you think? First of all, I think that you should watch it. <laughs> Definitely. Um it was a depiction of slavery and it shows on the one hand this incredibly of course sadistic reality and Barry Jenkins talks about how he felt devoured by the barbaric truth of the way that these people had to live and the way that they were treated. And it comes across within the first seconds of watching Mm. this TV show, so much to the point where I had to have the volume button on my laptop within arm's reach so I could just, you know, when you slightly just go down in volume because you know that something's really going to move you and make you feel things that are unpleasant, but you feel that kind of moral obligation to watch and understand those difficult stories because they are a truth. They Mm. are so, you just, it feels like such an important TV show and it's told so beautifully. Mm. So the lady who's the main character, Cora, is played by uh, Tusa Mbidu and she's incredible and like you said the stories are like the way that they tell the stories is visceral it's Mm. it takes you in you're totally absorbed and she said that she listened to a lot of first-hand accounts of slavery to prepare for it and I think you can see that in her performance if she's not nominated for like a whole swag of awards uh, at the end of this year beginning of next year well blow me down because uh, her performance is so incredible but you know what I was thinking as I was watching it is that like you know we always have these concepts like slavery or um, stolen generations and we think of them as um, you know the things that happened that were really bad but you know ultimately served a purpose for whatever they were doing at the time you know like slavery they were like picking tobacco or you know, stolen generations, they were taking kids to help save them or whatever. But I think the way that they tell this story comes across like it's just one group of people doing things to another group of people to break their spirit. And it really made me think like if you do that so effectively, which they did for hundreds of years to, um, you know, to people in America, then it sort of gets to a point where that level of trauma and that level of like self-hate is so deeply entrenched that you end up getting to a point where you just, you're whipping your own back, you know, like where you see awful things done to people that you love so frequently that you feel so dehumanized that you're able to like do awful things to other people, you know, because I watched Chirac the week before um, that Spike Lee movie. It's like a musical. You should check that out too while you're at it. And, um, you know, it talks a lot about black on black crime and incarceration and, and the cycle of poverty. And, you know, we mentioned intergenerational trauma as a concept last week as well. And that that becomes so deeply entrenched that it's almost po- impossible to recover from. And so these ideas or like these concepts that seem so like sort of self-encapsulating, you know, like, oh, that's a concept that existed ages ago. 
But really, like, the effects of these things still linger and we still are just so deeply affected by them. You know, what's interesting is, like, on the kind of flip side of that, within that kind of whipping our own backs kind of self-awareness and kind of self-flagellation, I remember listening to Barry Jenkins doing an interview when he made this and he was saying that one of the other things that he really wanted to get across in this TV show was this idea of hope and like collective parenting Mm. and how there was these like little percentages of parents sticking around for their kids and not all of them choosing to escape and going to this underground railroad Mm. to kind of flee to other states and why they would choose to do that would be because while they within themselves were completely broken, there was this hope that maybe it would get better and maybe their children's 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 would then live on to create something in their honour. Do you know, I love that that idea so much because I think one of the things that does come through is that you realise there's these little acts of resistance mm. that people in these mm. situations um, do and that those like little acts of resistance all build up and become some sort of groundswell and, and, mm. and, and force for change. And so, you know, people are like, oh, you know, the government did this and it sort of liberated us in this way or, you know, they changed this and it made it so much easier to live. But without the pressure of those people and without all of those little acts of strength and like, you know, that force that they, um, you know, that they have to summon from God knows where Mm. because some of these circumstances are so bloody miserable. And you see like some of the scenes in the first episode are like right there. And how do you have the will to survive after you're subjected to that? I don't know, but that's actually really inspiring that those are the people who changed the world for everyone. Dream Club. Always carry an extra charger because phones just go flat all the time and you need them to check in. And you don't want to be the person that looks for a charger in the room before you say hi to the people. I think farts contain DNA. I heard this week. So I don't do them in public unless you want me to get it. Are you saying when I breathe in in the toilet, when we wee next to each other, I'm going to clone you when you buy it? Lindy, this is my favourite time of the week because we just get to share our dreams and hopes for the world, you know? We do. We get or to just go for ourselves. For ourselves. <laughs> we get to be all like Miss Universe for mm. a little bit. Um, I actually, in my DNM update, my Dream Club update this week, mm. um, I was just thinking a lot about everyone in Melbourne because I know that it's really tough. It's the fourth lockdown that um, they've endured. And um, it's tough out there for a player. So if <laughs> if you've got a maid in Melbourne, um, make sure that you reach out to them. I'm actually going to watch a movie with a friend from Melbourne this weekend. Oh, do a little, you're doing like, like a Netflix a little party, watch party vibe. Watch yeah. party. Oh, yeah. how nice. Um, I think it'll be really lovely because we have to look after our cousins from the South. Well, speaking of um, being entertained with our cousins from the South, my Dream Club update is that watching Underground Rail, the Underground Railroad reminded me how much I need to not shy away from 
educating myself on difficult stories. And when I open my laptop at the end of the day, quite often I go, I just want to watch the trashy thing. Give me some crap to watch. Give me something that's mind numbing. But actually what I get way more out of and then it inspires me to read more about certain topics is watching things like the Underground Railroad that are born of a truth Mm. and are an amazing kind of example of storytelling and also something that has come with historic value. That is so true because sometimes you're like, oh, I'll just watch The Simpsons or Curb Your Enthusiasm and or Arrested Development. And there's a time and a place for that, but I think I lean into doing it too often. Same. And yeah. then, but when you do engage with something that's a bit more difficult or a, a bit more, um, you know, challenging, it's so rewarding. You open you, up your little dumb brain to the world. Yes, you truly feel richer for it. Mm. Hey, uh, thank you for listening. We're going to be back next Wednesday. But until then, please join our Dream Club and follow us at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and leave us a chuggy review. Hey, do you know what? While you're doing your cute little thing with your pal from the South, can you take a photo of it and send it to us so we know where you're listening from, who your friends are, and then we'll share it with everyone because we love you and we want to look after you. And we want to watch you. We, we want to see you. <laughs> we want to see you all the time. Sorry, let me scroll up. Sorry, let me I'll say when I get to T-Rex level. Jeez, you're good to us. <laughs> All right, guys, let's begin. Uh, uh, you better. Free Listener.